2: Get IXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about strategies and solutions for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you might keep a power hour after list, and we'll talk to my old friend, Dr. Alyssa Schwartz, about how to deal with some common challenges facing parents these days. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in my home office in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And one thing on my Power Hour after list, Elizabeth, is to come visit you in LA, because I had a trip planned, but it got canceled.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretch on my list is to plan a visit to New York. So <laughs> we can visit each other because yeah. I also had a trip planned in New York that got canceled.
1: Yeah, the best laid plans. Now, before we jump in, we want to let you know that Elizabeth and I, we are thrilled because this podcast was nominated for a prestigious. Webby Award for Excellence on the Web. Fantastic. And that means we are also eligible for the Webby People's Voice Award, which is determined by online voters. You see where we are going with this.
0: (laughs) Yes. If you like the show and you are so inclined, we would so appreciate it if you take a second to vote for the show. You can visit webbyawards.com or click the link in the show notes. Our podcast category is Health and Wellness. And voting closes at midnight Pacific on Thursday, May 7th, um, which, if you're listening to us same day, is tomorrow. So please vote ASAP um, (laughs) and we will give you a um, gold star for voting.
1: Yes, we are very thrilled to be nominated, and so it's very exciting for us. Yes. So thank you, listeners. Yes. Now, this week, Elizabeth, our Try This at Home tip is to make a power hour after list.
0: Yes. Way back in episode six, we talked about why you should try a power hour. Yes. Do you want to explain what a power hour is, Gretch?
1: Yeah. Now... I came up with the idea of power hour, and I think this is in my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, because what I noticed for myself and for other people is things that can be done at any time are often done at no time. And so there are these nagging tasks that we could do, you know, anytime, and they just pile up, and then they end up draining us and making us feel overwhelmed. Things like replacing a light bulb or tightening a doorknob or, you know, running some errand or whatever it is. And so by keeping a list um, and then you commit for one hour every weekend, say, to tackling your power hour list. And I have heard of like couples doing this together, which I think would be amazing. But that is not (laughs) the man I married. He's not going to do power hour with me. But we were thinking what, like many things happen to do with this pandemic period, this is an idea that needs to be adapted. There needs to be a new version of power hour for the current day.
0: Yes. Thus, power hour after. And this is the idea of let's all keep a list of the things we need to do after Safer at Home has passed. Because there are things you simply can't do. Like, first on my list, Gretchen, is yeah. mammogram. Yeah. I was me due too. for a mammogram before this happened. I was already truthfully late on getting my mammogram. And now I'm like, okay, I need that on my list to call and make that appointment as soon as I can.
1: Well, and one of the things I do to help with the power hour after issue is like I had a mammogram scheduled and then it got canceled because I couldn't show up. So I'm just going ahead and rescheduling things. Even if I, I have no idea whether I will be able to keep them. I think it's better to keep it on the schedule Mm -hmm. because I'm more likely to then get that prompt to go and then to reschedule it because I'm afraid that sometimes these things will just kind of slip out of my consciousness. And this is one of the reasons to keep the list because there's just going to be so much to deal with. It'll make life easier to just have a list and you think, okay, well, if it was important, I would have put it on my list. Let me start marching through my list rather than thinking, oh my gosh, now all these errands are just rushing back to me. Where the heck do I start?
0: Yeah. So what's on your list, Scratch?
1: So both Eliza and Eleanor need their annual checkups. And those, truthfully, I had not even scheduled. So they mm-hmm. are not on some kind of... Eleanor needs to go back to the orthodontist every once so often. They're like, we need to reschedule this. So I'm like, yes, we do. My sunglasses need to be <laughs> tightened. It's driving me crazy. I cannot wait to get that done. Eleanor needs to get a cavity filled.
0: Mm.
1: I cannot wait to go back to the library. This is something I'm really looking forward to. And I've, I I re- I went to the library Right when it looked like everything was going to close and checked out a gigantic stack. And I still have some books that I have not finished. So I need to return those books and check out more books. And we also, some of our rooms were probably truthfully in kind of shabby shape to begin with. And now, given that everybody's in them all the time, they are really looking not their best. And so I need to figure out what I'm going to do about like the pillow that's disintegrating Mm -hmm. and the chair that is uh, looking very beat up, et cetera. So those are some of the things on my list. Elizabeth, what's on your list?
0: Um, Well, obviously getting my hair done. One thing I'm wondering, Gretchen, if I should be checking with the hair salon every so often to get on the, if they're making appointments in the hopes that they reopen, because I'm sure there's going to be a mad rush (laughs) to the hair (laughs) salon. I mentioned I need to get a mammogram. So do you. I need to go to the dentist. I need to get my car washed. It's filthy, Um, but I am happy to report I've had the same tank of gas for two months. That's how little I've driven. Desperately need to get my eyebrows waxed. Oh, yeah, me too. And I need to deal with dry cleaning. Yeah. So those are things on my list. I'm sure there's like 15 other things that should be on the list. And that's why, as you said, I need to start the list so I can keep adding to it when things pop in my mind.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you know, we talked last week about keeping uh, making lists to make memories. And I think this is a kind of Mm -hmm. memento, too, because it's the kind of thing where two years from now, when you look back on all the thing, you might forget about the fact that about how dirty your car got. Yeah. But it brings back a lot of memories. So you could take a picture of your car and then or seeing it on this uh, list will also be a kind of memento. But, you know, there's some things that I don't have to worry about right now that I'm like, then I'll have to start thinking about it again. Like, you and I are always trying to get ourselves to entertain more. We're always so glad we did, but we do need to keep ourselves prodded to do it. But right now, I don't have to worry about that. So then I'm going to have to embrace that that's going to come back into my life.
0: Yeah, Gretch, we were talking about how everyone talks about FOMO, fear of missing out. But the new thing is... JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. And there is some of that right now. Like there is a certain joy to not having to make a dentist appointment.
1: Yes, there really is. And that's why I think power hour after is good because because a lot of the things that are on my list probably are things that would have been on my list anyway, because it's the kind of things I was already putting putting on a power hour list because I wasn't doing them. But so speaking of JOMO, Elizabeth, here's my question for you. Do you think you will take more joy in doing this kind of thing, like going to the car wash or going to the dentist, because before you couldn't, and you'll be like, oh, it feels like a treat to get to do these things? Or do you think it'll still be like, "Ugh, I got to go to the dentist. That's a drag.
0: I think I'm going to have more joy. I think I'm going to feel like, yay, the car wash, the dentist. I don't know about because, you know, it's the (laughs) dentist. But absolutely, I think I'm going to love doing these little things in a way that I used to not. So, I mean, we'll see, but I'm anticipating a lot of joy. How about you?
1: Well, I don't know about that, but then when I think about something like going to the drugstore, I think, wow, I really look forward to that. That seems like it's going to be really interesting (laughs) and fun. (laughs) So maybe not all the things, but some of the things. Um, so let us know if you do try this at home and how making a power hour after list works for you and what is on your list. Probably Elizabeth and I could also benefit from putting yes. what's on your list onto our list. Yes. Um, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at Or as always, you can go to the show notes related to this episode. This is HappierCast.com slash 272 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that uses your phone to help deepen relationships. But first, this break.
1: I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone
0: who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier.
1: Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. So listen, now it's time for a happiness hack. And we constantly talk about relationships and happiness and how important relationships are to happiness. And this was a very ingenious, simple hack that helps us uh, stay close to other people.
0: Yes, it comes from Cassie. And she says, I have a happiness hack involving the Contacts app on our smartphones. In the Contacts app, there's a section for notes along with phone number, et cetera. In this section, I put any interests, likes, dislikes, family members' names, or current happenings in that person's life. I add slash take away things as they come up. For example, if you're out shopping with your mom and she says how much she loves a certain store, you can make a note of that. That way, if I ever need to know something about them or wanna give them a gift, I am reminded of what their likes, dislikes are and other important details about their life. This has been such a saving grace on many occasions for me. Not only does it help me give more meaningful and useful gifts, it is also convenient and discreet enough that I can look up a name or detail when I'm in a pinch <laughs> without being obvious. I've also found that people are so touched when you remember small details about their lives, and because of this, it has helped me strengthen my relationships. Gretch, this is such a good idea.
1: Well, I think this is a great idea, and I know exactly the kind of information that I should put in, which is, like, the names of people's children, you know, and their mm. ages. Like, yeah, they, if they have three sons, which is the oldest. What are the names of the three? Where they go to school? Like, mm-hmm. even with a really good friend, you know, you can't not know where their kid goes to college. But then i have sort of like, ooh, is it here or here? Right. Spouses' names, if it's somebody that you don't know, you know, you don't know socially, but you— should know the name of their spouse. I just think there's a lot of little details that you could put in there that are all the things you want to remember, but you just, for whatever reason, are slipping out of your mind.
0: And probably when you glance at it, then it all comes back to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, This reminds me, Gretchen, um, Sarah and I had Channing Dungy on our podcast, Happier in Hollywood. She used to be the president of ABC. Now she's very high up at Netflix And she said one thing um, her assistant does is when she has a meeting with someone, she reminds Channing of things that are of note about them, just like this. So, like, when she was on her way to do our podcast, she said her assistant reminded her that Sarah's (laughs) gluten-free. And so then she could—it's the same principle. And we just thought that was genius. Yeah. Well, a lot of times a
1: little bit of detail kind of jogs a lot of memory. And so you don't need that much before a whole bunch comes back to you. I'm really lucky because my husband, Jamie, has an incredible memory for people and all the information about them and how they're connected to other people. And I think it's kind of weakened my muscle because Mm -hmm. if I'm with him, I'm like, tell me about this person. And he's like this person, this person, they're married to this person, you know them because of this. And um, he is so good at that. And so it makes me realize how important it is and also how um, I kind of over rely on him.
0: Mm. So thank you, Cassie. Great hack.
1: Yes. And now it's time for an interview, and we are so excited to be talking to Dr. Elizabeth Schwartz. Now, Elizabeth is an old friend of mine. We have known each other since my daughter, Eliza, started kindergarten with her twins, Henry and Nicholas. She is in my book group for, like, regular adults, my regular Mm -hmm. book group, and she's also in one of my children's literature book groups. And more than that, she is one of the wisest people I know. She has such great judgment. Um, I hit her up for free advice all the time (laughs) because I'm her friend. But when she is not giving me good advice, she's a psychiatrist who specializes in child and adolescent psychiatry here in New York City.
0: Yeah, Gretch, I know she's given you so much helpful advice over the years, and she's given me advice, too. You (laughs) asked her to help me with something I was dealing with with Jack, and she was very generous with her time and helped me immensely. So we are so thrilled to talk to her during this time when I think there's a lot of anxiety around parenting.
1: Yes. So welcome, Elizabeth. Welcome, Elizabeth. Okay. Hi. So glad to be here. Yes. The wonders of technology. This is so exciting. Um, Elizabeth, you are so wise about all <laughs> things related to parenting. And so many people are experiencing new kinds of challenges yeah. now. And of course, it's hard to ask general questions because it's very different being the parent of like a one-year-old. Right. Or the parent of a 21-year-old or being a single parent or two parents, whatever. But what I love about you is that you help explain how to think about something, not just like yeah. what is the right answer, but how do you even think about it? How do you raise the values? How do, yeah. How do you how do you measure the values? And so the question I have for you, kind of yeah. in this value way, is how do we think about balancing? You know, kids are supposed to be doing schoolwork, adults are supposed to be working, kids are supposed to be off screens usually, but now maybe it's okay. Or maybe they would like limits, but we're too exhausted to enforce limits. How do we think about what we should maintain and what we should let go during this well,
3: time? I think that's a really good question because there's so many more things that everyone is supposed to be doing at once, mm-hmm. you yes. know, particularly parents who have kids at home and who are actually working. So I guess it depends uh, very much, like you said, on the age of the kid. Mm -hmm. because younger children, for example, need much more constant supervision. Older teenagers can sort of lock themselves in their room. But a general thing, I think, to try and figure out is what are the important things we as a family are trying to do today?
1: Mm. And so what might be like a range of things that you might weigh?
3: So... Mom has a meeting at 10 o'clock and junior has to do a Zoom class at 12 and dad has like sort of prioritizing what's important and, and trying to, even though there's so many conflicting things pulling on people, to try and pull out what are the more important things you're trying to achieve. And particularly like with school, one of the things I think a lot of parents need is Permission to not get it perfectly because, Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is particularly hard for people who are, who follow the rules (laughs) and are, (laughs) that with young kids, the question is like, what is important about school? Mm. Ah. So, what's important about school for a seven year old? It's socializing, it's spending time with friends, it's learning how to learn. Yeah. The actual material, is not so important. What they don't learn now, they can learn six months from now. It doesn't really matter. So if it's too much and they can't do it, it doesn't really matter. This is not their one chance to learn to read, (laughs) you know? But it's really hard if you don't have older kids to realize that, oh, this stuff gets repeated over and over and over. And if it's too much for them to be in every class that they're supposed to or to do their homework... Then they don't need to, and I have a patient. She's a wonderful mom, she's a young mom, and she didn't really have a mom, so there was she doesn't have the example of what she's supposed to do. And she was totally distraught because she said, I don't know what to do, this isn't in my skill set, I can't keep up with the, the exercises. I'm supposed to tape something and send it in. And, and I was like, Okay, but he's two. <laughs> Like he you know, and it seemed so obvious if you can step back and I'm like, it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to do this class stuff. If it's helpful for him to see his friends, that's great. If it's stressing you out, then you don't need to do it. And so she sends a text a half hour later saying, he's happily pulling all the dead flowers out of the vase.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: she went, you know, instead of practicing the ABCs. So one thing I think parents need permission to, to do is to say, what's important here? And is this something that is helpful or is this making it more stressful for us? That's a great question. <laughs>
0: Well, Elizabeth, I love that, just thinking, you know, what's important here. I think that's really helpful. Um, I want to ask a question for myself. Sure, of course. So, it's like, how do I deal with my anxiety? For instance, Jack, my son, was doing great socially before this all (laughs) happened, which, you know, he he was sort of evolving socially. And he was supposed to go to camp this summer, which was going to be a huge deal for him. And... Now, I, of course, am worried that while certain things are great, like his executive functioning skills, I feel like, are improving, I'm worried that socially he's going to be backsliding for obvious reasons. And, like, how do I deal with my concern? Because I don't feel like there's a lot I can do about it. But yet I worry.
3: Well, that's totally understandable. And I think that that's actually a very typical worry, which is that parents feel like, my kid's gonna miss out on this. And yes. what can I do? What can I do to help? And again, I think it, it goes back to what we started with, is which is what is the real concern here? And it's the concern that he he's worked hard to accomplish this and now it's gonna go away or he's gonna lose what he's gotten. And again, what I would say is, this seems like a very long time, but it's actually not that long. It's a month. It could be two months. It could be three months. And even that, in the scheme of things, isn't really that long. Mm. And so these types of things, are, again, are skills that are developed over time. So it's not like there's one moment in which he can master mm. social intricacies. He he masters something, and then this is a process... You know, he maybe he's now absorbing it and he'll go on, but it doesn't have to be continuous. And if he's been able to master it now, even if he backslides a little, then it's even easier the next time mm. because it's like, oh, yeah, this is, I remember now, this is the best way to. So it's, it's, there are things that are happening that kids are losing out that are one time things. And that's a sort of a different question that can be addressed at times, which is, like high school seniors, right. they're missing out on their prom and their graduation and a lot. But but a lot of things parents are worried about, my kid's not going to get into college now because they're not going to have their right junior grades and they're not going to, like a lot of these things that we feel like we want so much for our kids to be happy. We want so much for them to succeed. And I have no control over helping them here. This I, mm-hmm. I know how to help them in this area. Now I can't do it. And I, I guess what I would say is that it's kind of a pause button, but in most of the things that young kids have, it's not a damaging pause button. Mm. It's not something that, you know, it's not like language, which there's a window that you can right. learn it. Or right. It's not like he's never had friends. He's started and then he'll just, he'll sort of continue the process. And it's not even like he started having friends and then he got sick for two months. Mm. And so everybody kept moving without him. Everybody's oh, not there. Yes. And so yes. he's not going to step back into a group that's like, oh, we don't remember you. Right? He's going to step back into a group that's so happy to see each other. They're all right. sort of on the even playing field in that sense.
1: Well what you're saying leads me to my question for me of course, of um, course. which is the the challenge of uncertainty and managing yeah. my own uncertainty and my children's uncertainty. So like Eleanor had all these plans for the summer that she was really excited for Eliza isn't sure whether she's going to go back to college in person or in some kind of virtual way. Right. And these are just unknowns and right. so how do we manage uncertainty and help know when is the right time to think about something? And and when is the right time to just not think about it, not worry about it, because there's too many things that are not known. So it's not really, our instinct is to plan, to control by planning, but we can't plan really, if you don't know.
3: Well, you know, I think that's a really great question. And I think it's heightened by the fact that it's not like your life is certain, and then you're just trying to help them with uncertainty. Yes. Everything's uncertain. And so I think the People whole are, world is full of uncertainty. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. So ad, this is something pe- adults are very anxious about. And so some of your own anxiety about your own uncertainty can often lead, leak onto kids. Yes, But I think one of the things that you can kind of work on almost with your kids is maybe do an exercise where you do a flow chart and you just figure ah. out different options. Mm, if yeah. we're still at home, yeah. then this will be what we do. Yeah. If we open up partially, then you can go to camp in August, if we open up, like making yeah. a flow chart that depending on what happens, then where are we going to go next? And so you you sort of have different options that might happen.
1: That sounds like a great idea yes. because there's clarity. Right. And it's sort right. of like on a sheet. Right. And right. rather than just the swirl of right. kind of unsettled. Yeah. I think that would work really well. Yeah. yeah.
0: Elizabeth, let me ask this. Is there kind of one behavior that we as parents should try to avoid not to mess
3: up our kids right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that is very difficult. Um, not, not to mess up our kids. Yeah. I mean, not. I think one of the things for all age kids is um, this is such a pervasive thing. And it's that there are certain big things that happen that you can protect your young kids from. They don't necessarily know or hear about it, but everybody knows your life's been upended. Even so, I think that it needs to be that you protect your kids from this being a constant stress, it's that every night mm. at the dinner table, this is what's happening. And now this is what's happening. So, you know, you and your partner can say, you know, after the kids go to bed, we're going to talk about what's happening. You can certainly say something at dinner and something that's relevant, like, oh, next week we can go on a walk, but not to talk about it all the time, in all places, so that nowhere is safe. So instead, Mm. at the dinner table, you can do something like, go back to the, what was one thing that each of you enjoyed today? Mm -hmm. What's one thing you guys want to do to Mm. accomplish tomorrow? Or So trying to refocus things to um, sort of be safe and positive. And then at the same time, I do think there needs to be a a space and a time for kids to talk about their worries and anxieties about this honestly with them, with you. You you don't want to give the message that we're not talking about it, but I think you want to contain it. You know, this is a time of day that we're going to all that any questions we can have or any feelings we can have about it, we can talk about it. But it it doesn't take over everything Mm. and the atmosphere of the house.
1: What what if there's news like. I got laid off. I'm worried about getting laid off. Um, all my work is dried up. I, you know, I've lost 90 percent of my customers. There's going to be consequences for us as a family. How do you are is again in sort of a framework way. obviously you can't play out every scenario that a family might be facing. But is there sort of a way to think about it so that you can think about what to say and maybe what to what to hold back? Well,
3: I think it's important to sort of break it down and see what does my five-year-old actually need to know? Mm. Mm -hmm. What does my 12-year-old need to know? So a five-year-old needs to know that they're going to have food to eat. They don't need to know, like, they need to know that we're going to be okay, And but what what do they need to know about it, or, or we're not going to be okay? But they don't need to know the whole picture. It's a question of thinking, what part of what I'm going through is going to affect them directly, and what do they need to know about that? So if it means that we can't pay rent, so we're going to move in with grandma and grandpa, right? then they need to know that. But- I lost my job and we don't have any money. Like that's just scary. So they kind of need to know the concrete things that the way it's going to affect their lives and some of the possible solutions that that it's going to be okay. The very scary thing I think for a lot of families is the parents don't feel like it's Mm -hmm. going to be okay. They don't know what's going to happen. And so it's very hard to reassure your children that of that. And at the same time, What children need for things to be okay is a lot less than what we think they need. Mm -hmm. They need to know that their parents are there, that they're loved, that they're going to have somewhere to eat and somewhere to sleep. Those are the things that they really need. Mm. Kids are are fine with much less than we think they need. They just, Mm -hmm. we need to think, what are the basic things that my child worries about? And how can I help reassure them about those specific things?
1: But I feel like that's very helpful because in terms of what do they need to know? Like, they don't need to know about, are we blowing through our savings? Because no. they don't know that you have savings. It's very, very exactly. upsetting to an adult sense right. of safety. But to a child, you don't need to give them that level of, of
3: detail. You don't. You know, when when a child, like, will lose their parents, um, they'll say, people will say, are you okay? And they're going to say, um, where am I getting dinner? And people think, right. well, that's cold. But it's not cold at all. That's actually like... They don't even know where they're gonna get their dinner. Like right. that's what they're worried about. Like, so when you think about what kids need and want and want for reassurance, they don't need to know that everything's gonna mm. be the same. They just need to know that certain basic things are gonna be taken mm. care of, even if it doesn't look like the life that they had. Right.
1: Well, then on a on a happier note, do you think that there are gains that are coming from this? Because I think one thing people are looking for is well, many things are harder and more difficult and scary and uncertain. But there are, there are things that we can yeah. learn from this time going forward. What are some of the things that you're seeing where people are maybe learning things that they want to take for, with them forward?
3: Well, I think there's some really, there are really some silver linings. One of them is that very few families have ever actually been able to spend time together uh, in this way, where there's really time to have dinner every night together. I mean people are busy they're working late they're so so actually having like mm-hmm. this family time a lot mm. of the my kid patients are very happy and I think that it 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 also has forced people to slow down and sometimes step back from their life and a lot of people I th- I find are also feeling like they want something in between they're they're much happier not going at the speed that they were. They just never sort of thought there was another speed. And so a chance to kind of reevaluate how much time when I have a choice. Mm-hmm. So for example, a lot of people have started playing board games and really enjoying it. Um, I'm not great at it. My kids won't play with me because I, I, I'm i like, okay, you take the monopoly. Don't no, you, I can't decide which child I like better to give... Park Avenue place too. But, you know, mm-hmm. but one of the things you can kind of do is like, if the board games is something you enjoy, hold on to that. You're not going to be playing it every night, but, but have like a board game night or a, a movie night or take some of these things that you've done in this time and sort of, sort of incorporate it into your routine in a much smaller way.
0: Elizabeth, hearing from you is so reassuring. I feel like I wish I could just like harness your... Um,
1: Clarity. Yeah. <laughs> your
0: wisdom and, and yes. Um, okay, well, we have to ask, um, do you have a try this at home for our listeners?
3: Well, some of the things I think that you could do at home is, is um, boredom is a huge problem. And so coming up with certain activities that the kids can do Um, having a real routine, having a structure. But one thing that is kind of fun that you can do, for example, that we did when we were little is like maybe having pen pals, Mm. actually like writing letters to their friends. They've never written letters before. And then they get a letter in the mail and it's kind of exciting. So like pen pals with their grandparents. And so trying to come up with things that are kind of fun. I, I think another thing that really helps right now for kids is to do an activity at home that makes them feel helpful so you one you a lot of people like they're helping the kids are making masks you know Mm -hmm. or if you live in a small town you you can bake brownies and cookies for like the fire department or Ah. the police department like you can make something to for for the hospital staff little keychain just something that makes them feel like they're doing something that that helps people who are, who are out there. Because mm. when you feel like you can do something, it's kind of like if you're driving, if you get car sick, but you're driving the car, you don't get car sick. Mm, if right. there's this big scary thing, but you're doing something to help, it feels less scary. Yeah. It feels like you've got some control over some part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, and everybody has so much gratitude towards the frontline workers right. and the essential workers that like trying to do something to like put that into action, I think... It's just like like so many things. It's true. It's just as true for adults as it is for children.
0: I was going to say that would be helpful for adults as well.
1: Right. Right. If you feel like you're doing something to make concrete your sense of appreciation for the people who are really doing the very hardest work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what a beautiful idea. So great news for everyone in the world is, Alyssa, you are going to start a blog where you're going to talk about tough challenges facing people in these tough times So once your site goes live, I will post a link to it all over social media so that people can come see what you have to say and also maybe ask you some questions themselves.
3: That would be great. I think that there's so many concerns and worries, and I'm happy to try and help people figure out what's what they're really worried about and how we might be able to break it down and little by little solve some of the problems that all of us are facing right now.
0: Thank
1: you, Elizabeth. It's such a treat to get to talk to yeah. you. Oh, it's
3: a treat to be be here. Thank you so much for including me in the conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye-bye. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a happiness demerit related to something she's already talked about today. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince so well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck Tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best
1: part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up with a happiness demerit.
1: Yes. Dun-dun-dun. I already (laughs) mentioned how on my power hour after list, I need to do some things to fix up our apartment because things are getting so much heavy use. Well, this is where the demerit came in. (laughs) So Jamie walked into the room. I was there with Eliza and Eleanor, and he said— you know, when everything goes back to normal, we need to deal with this apartment. It's looking terrible. And I just completely blew up at him. <laughs> and the reason that I did is the word we. Mm. I really resent it when people say we when they mean you.
0: Mm.
1: And I think Jamie says we because he thinks it sounds less pointed or like he doesn't want to take responsibility for saying, I'm asking you to do something. So he says we. But in fact, like instead of making me feel supported or like we're all in this together, it makes me feel like you're trying to pretend like you get any credit for this and you will be doing making any (laughs) effort at all when in fact it's me. And I really blew up at him. You could probably hear the resentment in my voice if yeah, I not yes. describe it. Um, and in a way, as mom pointed out, it's good for me because I can just do what I want. And he, as long as it's nice, he's like, you know, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. So I can do what I like. So that's nice. But I feel like I, I give myself a demerit because I could have just said to him calmly something like, When you say we and you mean you, it makes me feel like you don't appreciate how much effort it's going to take and you don't appreciate that I'm the one doing it. I could have just said that in a calm way. Mm. And instead, I started marching around the room, (laughs) waving my (laughs) hands. So there it is. Um, So the pillow will get fixed eventually one way or another. But I suspect I will be the one doing that.
0: Well, I'll make sure to give you some gold stars when you there get that you, accomplished,
1: there, Gretch. There you go. I will fly to New York for that trip <laughs> that you need to take, and then you can come in and admire my, photo, my yes. pillows and give me a giant gold star, and Jamie will be off the hook. Okay, so what's your gold star?
0: All right, Gretch. I am giving myself a gold star because I accomplished alcohol-free April. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I did not drink a drop of alcohol during the whole month of April. I had just decided like right at the very end of March, you know, I just said, oh, I'm like doing all these Zoom happy hours. I'm drinking so much wine. I'm gaining weight. And most of that's from snacking. But nonetheless, I just decided an alcohol-free April would like help me get control in general. And it did. Um, I think... Because of that, I sort of exercised more. It was like I was trying to accomplish something, so it just made me more motivated in general. Mm -hmm. And I did it. And I have to say, though, it felt great to drink a glass of wine Friday night. I'll tell you that.
1: On May 1st.
0: May 1st, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is so fascinating. So do you think that it gave you more of a sense of self-mastery because... Alcohol itself lowers inhibition. And so you had more self mastery because you weren't drinking. Or do you think it's sort of the idea that you set yourself this challenge and you were living up to it boosted your sense of self mastery?
0: I think both, really. So both. Um, I think uh. both. Yeah. I think mostly it was the idea of setting myself a challenge. I think uh, it just grounded yeah. me. Um, You right. know, it's like if you're training for something, basically, yes. just having any goal yeah. kind of makes you more focused in general. So it was just good to have a goal. And I have to say, you know, obviously not going out, it, it was kind of a good month because, you know, it wasn't going out to dinner, or going to dinner parties, parties, etc. So,
1: well, I think for you, maybe it was easier, but for other people, it might be harder. So it's one of these things where it might hit different people differently. Um. Just depending yeah. on what their habits are. Well, I think this is fascinating. I'm always really, because ever since i wrote Better Than Before, I've been completely preoccupied by how people change habits, like either temporarily as sort of a challenge or permanently. I could listen to you talk about mm-hmm. a, uh, Alcohol-Free April for hours. If you would like us to do a deep dive on Alcohol-Free April, if this is something that's interesting to you. Let me know at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or, or just comment and Elizabeth, we'll do a deep dive with you because I think it's something that a lot of people are intrigued by. This idea of just, you know, you could quit sugar for a month. You could do yoga every day mm-hmm. for a month. There's a lot of different ways you can, you can adapt that kind of challenge. And yes. I think it's really interesting. So gold star to you. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Make a power hour after list. Let us know if you tried it and what you put on your list. Thanks to our
0: terrific guest, Dr. Elizabeth Schwartz. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, as we suggested, please vote for us for the WebViews <laughs> People's Voice Award. We would love that. Also, subscribe, rate, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you are thinking about getting a gift for a graduate in your life, my books, The Happiness Project, Better Than Before, and The Four Tendencies are all, I think, appropriate for somebody who is graduating. And you can get all those books in audiobooks, paperbacks, e-books, hardbacks, any way you want them. (laughs) They're there.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth
1: Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.
0: I just decided that it was a good time to do a month, a dry month. Yeah. You know, everyone. What, what is that? Do you hear yeah, that? Yeah, what is that? Oh, you know what? I think Jack is printing something for his class. Oh, yeah. Here he comes. But, yeah.
1: I thought it was maybe an earthquake.
0: I know. I'm like, what the hell? Is that everything you need, buddy? Okay. I'm recording. Will you shut the door? I am amazed he figured out how to print. Oh I was just gonna say nobody
1: knows how to print in this house except Uh,
0: he figured it out. Yeah, I don't know how to print from anything.
3: (laughs) From the onward project.